This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to Outtakes, the home of queer cinema on Joy 94.9. You are listening to Outtakes, the home of queer cinema on Joy 94.9. Daniel with you today for this online exclusive look at the new film from director Thomas Wilson White. The film is The Greenhouse and it streams now on Netflix. The Greenhouse tells the story of a grieving woman who finds a portal that takes her back in time. But as she travels to the past to see lost loved ones, the present begins to slip away. Now, we are speaking in this online exclusive with the director of The Greenhouse, Thomas Wilson White. Thomas is a filmmaker who has received critical acclaim for a number of short films. He is currently writing the Heartbreak High reboot for Netflix and developing an original television series, his sophomore feature film, and a long-form project with Aquarius Films. So he's a busy man, but he made time to speak with us today about The Greenhouse. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us on Outtakes today. Thank you so much for having me. I have to say, Tom, watching this film, I felt like, like so many great Australian films, this is a film that defies generic conventions. It doesn't allow itself to be pulled down or tied to any particular genre. So I'm interested to hear from you how you would describe this film in terms of its kind of generic conventions, but also, you know, what what would you say ultimately that this is a film about? Yeah, I mean, it's really funny that you say that. It, um, I've, I've been pitching this film for like five years to people and constantly it's very slippery, you know, because I think like it, it you know, on the, on the outside, it can read as a fantasy, um, but I think it, uh, it very quickly... I don't know. I, th- I feel like the gooey center is is ultimately a family drama. Um, so I've been I've been very much my producer and I have been struggling for years to, to kind of get that like snazzy genre pitch. Um, you know, I've pitched it as like a time travel movie, science fiction. People have told me it's these things as well. So it's it just depends, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I think it kind of. It, uh, it absolutely joins a, a long line of sort of like alternative cinema in Australia that kind of evades definition. It does have those moments where it leans into the fantastic, the kind of genre conventions or tropes of sci-fi cinema. But but it, it, for me in watching the film, it didn't feel like a fantasy. It didn't feel like sci-fi. It felt like um, a very personal story about grief and trauma, really. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I've always kind of uh, defined it as magic realism, and and I'd all, I had been writing my thesis uh, at the same time on magic realism as a genre, and right, it's not often, uh, it's not often kind of um, underlined in cinema, but I think a lot of my favorite films actually fall under the magic realism banner, and you know, it's it's often like a, a, a regular world that has some sort of magical element, but the characters in that world aren't uh, surprised by it. Um, So if you think about like being John Malkovich or maybe Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind, 
those films kind of do that thing where they they present you the world the world you know and it's just a bit tilted um so i think like if i think fantasy i think of narnia you know um and it's it's very much not narnia (laughs) although there are there are some bizarre similarities I love that. Um, I mean, I kind of want to ask you more about magic realism if you've written a thesis on it, but I um, let me ask you about the... the uh, I understand that this is in many ways a personal film for you and that there are various autobiographical elements of the, in the film. Um, so what's the personal connection for you here? It's, it's very much sort of a, um, a, a tapestry of my, my upbringing and uh my my mum's battle with cancer so you know i i was raised in regional australia with two mums and uh there was four siblings um and when i started like writing the film i was really kind of uh interrogating what was making me feel really vulnerable and exposed and i really wanted to like look closer at that and and at the time my mum was a couple of years into a cancer battle, but the treatment hadn't worked and she was kind of told, you know, this is terminal. Mm. Um, so I was very much kind of grappling with the, the, with the past and the future. Like I think, you know, I was looking ahead and it was really scary and I was looking back kind of uh, reflecting on this time before my mom was sick um, when you don't really realise how good you have it. Um, and then very much so you kind of cross this threshold into a new status quo and, and the beginning of the end. And, and I think very much I was feeling that tension um, of, of kind of this coming of age of, of losing a parent and what that would look like. So that was very much the, the, the genesis of the screenplay. And then as I was making the film, just after we finished shooting, my mum passed away. So I kind of went into post-production um, I put everything on hold for a little bit and then kind of had this realization that I had a beautiful opportunity to finish the film for her and, and kind of, um, you know, do the story justice. And, and it kind of has become a bit of a love letter to her, which I'm really proud of. That is really beautiful. And, you know, I think then in that context, the fact that this film uh, has been received so well um, and been so critically kind of praised and nominated for so many different awards, that must feel all the more rewarding. Absolutely. Like, I think, um, you know, I was was lucky enough to be able to show her a sort of rough cut of the film, um, which was very nice, but it has been ultimately quite bittersweet if I'm honest because you know you yeah she she had championed my career and my my writing from you know from the age of like 12 so I think you know I feel her presence in everything that's happening and every success that it's having uh, and at the same time you know there is that absence of her and I and that's kind of the the journey I'm in now is like trying to uh, I'm so grateful and so happy and overwhelmed with the response but ironically, you know, the one person that I wish could see it all is not here anymore. So it's it's very much uh, sobering at times, but also beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that, Tom, but how how wonderful that um, your mum supported your career and then this, your first feature film, a film that in many ways is inspired by her, is so critically 
well-received. It won the Best Film at the Melbourne Queer Film Festival and Gold Coast Film Festival, the Audience Choice Award at the Mardi Gras Film Festival and the Australian Directors Guild Award for Best Direction in a Feature Film. Uh, so, I mean, look, that that yeah, is... Pretty amazing. Yeah, congratulations. And especially so that, um, you know, all of it's wonderful, but especially that last award, uh, which uh, uh, particularly recognises you and your direction. Yeah. I mean, that must really feel quite overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that was, you know, that was one of those experiences that you, you'll you never forget. You know, these the, the Directors Guild is made up of all of the directors that I grew up watching and being obsessed with and for them to watch the film let alone recognize it with that award um it it was amazing like it's it's more than i could have ever expected and dreamed of for this project so i'm really really proud of that award i'm looking at it right now actually it's just sitting <laughs> on my bookcase <laughs> um one day there'll be an oscar next to it right <laughs> yeah i think so i'm ho- i i've always kind of been like oscars are like you get them when you're like 60 years old but we'll see why wait why wait till 60 for an oscar no i don't want to I, i'll i'll you know yeah no definitely let's get an oscar <laughs> I, I reckon go for it of course we've talked a little bit about the how very personal this film is for you and the personal connection but something um, like a, a, an award for directing, the people who are watching this film aren't going to know about that personal connection. So they're viewing uh-huh. this film on an objective level. Um, uh-huh. So in, in some ways that makes it all the more, there's there's something in that, I think, which is quite lovely. Yeah, no, I, I totally hear you. I think um, you, I think that's kind of the thing that's been the most, um, you know, uh, exposing is that you you make something that's so close to you and then you release it and it it's no longer yours and and the story attached to the creation of it is not often told and and suddenly it is just a film um, on a platform that people can watch and uh, the fact that it is still being received in the in the spirit of the of the way that I made it um, you know is really exciting um, you know I've got people messaging me on social media and stuff and you know, complete strangers telling me how much it moved them. Um, it's really awesome. I've never been it. I've never done this before. I've never made a feature. So I think it's a really nice sort of, yeah, perk. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and talking about, you know, having your film out there on a platform, it has just been released on Netflix. Uh, so all of our listeners can go and view The Greenhouse on Netflix. In fact, I'm looking at it now. Um, it's billed as a grieving woman. This is the uh, description on Netflix. So a grieving woman finds a portal that takes her back in time. But as she travels to the past to see lost loved ones, the present begins to slip away. So that's a little synopsis on uh. Netflix. It is available to stream. I mean, that as well, for a, particularly for a first-time feature filmmaker, that must really feel overwhelming to have your film out there on one of the biggest platforms in the world. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's crazy. It's full, it's, it's completely insane. I think, you know, we, we worked so hard to get the film finished and get it into the world um, that I, I wish I could go back and tell myself five years ago, you'll end up on Netflix. You know what I mean? Like it, I would never have predicted that this sort of uh, thing could happen, but you know, what it does is it gives us this platform to find, you know, the find its audience, and also um, hopefully become an example of how to, you know, of the pathways that exist for independent Australian cinema. Um, you know, I really, I really 
need I, my, I myself needed that sort of example to get the film made and, and i'm glad that the greenhouse is there now for other filmmakers and artists trying to have their voices heard mm. Mm. talking about um this idea of having your voice heard this idea of having a platform now which you do have with something like netflix and you've had previously with the various festivals that you've screened at um, in that context, it's kind of all the more notable that this is a film which, in my view, really kind of normalises, you know, we talk about representation. Well, this is a film that normalises same-sex relationships um, and, uh, you know, uh, sexual fluidity. And, and, and you know, there's, there's a, a whole lot going on here in terms of sexual representation, but it's not the kind of nub or heart of the story. It's just yeah. kind of there, which is, I think, what we've been asking for and wanting for so long. And it's yeah. taken us a really long time to get to this point where we can have really interesting stories with queer characters that aren't about their queerness. Yeah. Um, although their queerness is there and somehow changes the complexion of the story. And that's what we have here with the greenhouse. So, you know, can you tell me a little bit about that and why that was important for you? I mean, you've put it really well. I, I think, um, you know, when I, when I kind of came out as a queer filmmaker and a screenwriter, I, I kind of made it my, I wrote this manifesto about, about seven years ago of like the sort of stories that I wanted to tell. Um, and it, it was all just there in my own experience of watching film and TV and, and, you know, watching, you know, uh, you know, the heterosexual characters get to have all manner of, uh, story and adventure and then watching the LGBT characters often dying or coming out, mm. um, or often kind of riddled with trauma, um, or relegated to the periphery, um, and kind of stereotypes. And so I think for me, I kind of went, you know, like, um, sexuality and identity it, it, it's it's intrinsic to who we are um but it doesn't it i don't think it should dictate every story that is told about us um and so i i worked really hard to find a way to sort of bake the queerness into the fabric of this film um but to tell a story ultimately about grief that is uh universal and and not uh, not seen through a sort of niche lens, which I think is often what happens with queer cinema. Um, and I want it to appeal to a broader audience. Uh, and I'm hoping that that's kind of where queer stories can go. You know, I think we need a bit of everything, but I would love to be able to drive them into a more commercial terrain where they appeal to a broader audience. Um, because I, you know, I've, that's kind of what I craved as a kid. Talking about where, I guess, where queer stories can go, um, actually, before I was going to ask you what's next for you, but bef before we get to that, it's interesting to hear you talk about yourself as a queer filmmaker uh, because something that we see a lot of on this program with some really, um, you know, we've, we've interviewed all manner of people on outtakes and, uh, um, yeah. directors, of, uh, you know, upcoming directors, directors who have, um, just released their first feature film and then really well-known directors who have done a number of queer films who interestingly often resist the label of queer filmmaker. They don't like yeah. to describe themselves in those terms. Um, and uh -huh. you know, they might do that for any number of reasons, but is that a somewhere that you've consciously taken yourself? Have you had that like conversation with yourself about whether you care if that's how people describe you? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's a, it's a, it's a description I've given myself. Like I, I think for a really long time I made 
in, when I was making short films, uh, I would just naturally write characters about heterosexual protagonists. Um, and then one day I had this sort of out-of-body experience watching one of my own films back and was like, "Why? Well, I mean, anyone could have made this. Um, it, this is not this is not my voice. I'm 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 actually in a in an unnatural sense. I'm I'm camouflaging it, my voice. Um, and I so I it actually was a really big turning point for me um, to just kind of go, you know what? This is who this is what I do, and this is the stories I want to tell, and and this is you know the theoretical or you know um, uh, background on it that I can that I can kind of. Uh, share and why it's important for me to do this. I felt really passionate about it, and it, you know, it really. I understand why people don't do it, and and absolutely, like I think, you know, um, it's 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 case by case. But I think for me, uh, it was important that I started speaking about myself that way and made it clear to people that that's what I have to offer, um, and it has com- completely opened doors for me. I'm sure it's closed other doors that I'll never know about, but it, it, it is, it's given me the career that I dreamed of. Um, and that's really exciting and cool. I love that. Well, good for you. Good on you. Um, you. Now we've already kind of, we've, we've just kind of touched on where you're headed and that is um, to the Oscars. But before you get there, <laughs> before you get there, what, what is next for you? So I, I've been writing on Heartbreak High, the reboot for Netflix. Um, so that is coming out in the middle of this year, I think, or towards the end of this year. Um, and I'm writing my next film at the moment. So I'm I'm kind of back at square one, finally have the sort of, um, uh, energy, I think to go, you know, I took a while off and went, I don't know what my next film is. And then, you know, I've, I've realized very quickly that I'm, I'm ready to do it again. So, uh, I'm writing at the moment and hopefully kind of getting my next film up over the next year or so. Uh, and yeah, TV is just kind of popping off. So I'm writing TV here and there and doing all of that. It's really exciting. Well, good for you. Good luck. Thank hopefully, you. hopefully, um, it sounds like you're doing a lot of work with Netflix. So hopefully that will <laughs> yeah. mean that, um, you know, you can leverage that to, I don't know, get more funding for this second <laughs> yes, project. or Yeah, 100%. Well, I, um, you know, you, you hear stories about how, how Netflix basically showers money on people like Ryan Murphy. So, you know, you're on, you're on. Yeah. You, you, I'll send them an email. <laughs> um, yeah, good luck hey guys, that. I need you to give me a heap of money for my next film. I'm sure they'll love that. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. Let me know how that goes. Uh, well, look, it's been a pleasure to speak to you today, Thomas. Um, thank you so much for your time and congratulations again on, um, all of the success Um, of this film, The Greenhouse, which is now available on Netflix. Thank you so much for having me. Big thank you to Thomas Wilson-White for joining us on Outtakes today to talk about his new film, The Greenhouse, which has screened at festivals right around the world and now streams online on Netflix. Head to joy.org.au or your favourite podcasting platform for more Outtakes exclusive interviews just like this one. You've been listening to Outtakes, the home of queer cinema on Joy 94.9. You've been listening to Outtakes, the home of queer film and television on Joy 94.9. Want to catch up on past episodes? Head to joy.org.au forward slash outtakes or search outtakes on your favourite podcast platform. 
Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.